0: From the historic river market in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, from the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it's Two Douchebags and a Microphone Podcast.
1: Oh, Lord, that man just saw a puppy in half.
0: Hey there, don't worry, I have a clown nose. <laughs>
1: That drunk guy just hit my child! It is okay. I have a clown nose.
0: Clown nose! Just put one on and you can do anything! Wanna run for office? Murder people in public? Just grab a clown nose and BAM! Everyone laughs!
1: Clown noses are sold at gag stores online and pedophile conventions. Grab one today and make magic happen. Next up,
0: things overheard in hell. Yep. Kim Jong-un is playing Santa at
1: the mall again this year. Yay! Two douchebags bags and a microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, anyhow, uh, we have a Dear Deuce Bags coming up. But uh, first, I have a a story here from Metal Hammer, and uh, it's about bassist Jason Newstead and his time with Metallica. Oh, cool. During an interview with Metal Hammer, ex-Metallica bassist Jason Newstead was asked about the controversy surrounding the bass mix on Injustice for All, which there isn't any bass. Um, Metallica admitted they were so pissed off at Cliff Burton dying that... They recorded the whole thing with their uh, uh, replacement bassist, Robert uh, or uh, Jason Newstead. True, hello's the new one, or the newer one. And they admitted that they took all the bass out. They were so mad. And uh, anyhow, Jason Newstead is not fans of them, and he doesn't talk to them, and he hates them pretty much. And Justice for All, uh, uh, um, upon initially hearing the record, Newstead said, oh, I was fucking livid. Are you kidding me? At one point during his interview, Jason Newstead is asked how he felt upon First hearing and Justice for All and how he feels about it now. In case you don't know, the bass mix on the album is nearly inaudible, which uh, made for some big controversy. Newstead was also asked how he feels about the fan remixes people have been making titled Justice for Jason. And I've seen that. People have actually corrected the bass in it. And, and called it Injustice for Jason because they did Jason so pissed poorly here. It wasn't Jason's fault that Cliff Burton died. It was a freak accident. It was in the roads at Switzerland Mountains, I believe. And it was slick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh and another story that I read, and I couldn't believe it was, I think it was uh, um, Lars... I, no, I think it was Kirk Hammett, their guitarist. Um actually won a poker uh, a poker game and that was going to determine who got to sleep in the in the uh, bed upstairs on you know it was the best bed in the whole uh, tour bus and he decided to go in and give it to Cliff Burton and that is what killed him is because he fell out of the back because it had a hatch there I guess and the bus actually landed on him Wow. And if that had been Kirk Hemet out there, he would have been dead. But he was yeah. nice enough to give the bunk to uh, Cliff Burton, saved his life, killed Cliff. And this is stuff that nobody would know. But I found that story interesting. Um. Okay. Newstead said, "I love people's enthusiasm, the determination, their love for their, uh, and their appreciation." If the Justice album had been mixed like a regular record, we wouldn't be talking about it to this day, but because that isn't the case, and I don't necessarily think that that's a big deal, we're still talking about it after all these years later. I don't even think they released um, in their drunken stupor what they were doing. Oh, realized, not released, I'm sorry. I don't think they realized in their drunken stupor what they were doing, but they made the best garage band album ever. Black keys, white stripes, whatever. Power duo, garage rock stuff. You want to, whoever you want to mention. James and Lars were the original garage rock duo, as far as that goes. They always made the records that way, from uh, 1983 demo to uh, um, their recent stuff. But I, okay, Newstead, I think is being very nice. He was not happy with him. And he'll never go back to them even if they asked him because he was not happy with the way he was treated and I get that. Um, I don't know why he's polishing it up now because he was not very... He was pretty livid about, you know, about injustice them fucking all the base up and just making it unidentifiable base-wise. So, I i, I mean, I guess maybe he just got on with it was like, you know what, who cares? I got my money, fuck them. I got, you know... Uh, he's, you know, doing other stuff, and he's fine. So maybe he just decided to, uh, you well, know, drop it. So not only that, but what are you gonna do about it, anyhow? You know, so
0: right.
1: Anyhow, um, you got something, Rob? You want to talk about? You got something on your yeah. mind? Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I got a Tyree Kill story here for you.
1: Ooh. Well, <laughs> you're about the you're talking about the guy that gave the fumble that we uh, ran into the end zone. Um, that Tyreek Hill. Yeah. The guy that predicted yeah. gloom and doom and and how he's going to wax our ass. He actually lost the game for him. That guy.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, the mouth from the south. Him, the guy that could this not show do. up.
0: This has to do with his contract.
1: Oh. All right, Rob. Well, let me quit making poking fun at Tyreek Hill and go ahead.
0: A year and a half after his trade from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins, wide receiver Tyreek Hill explained the messy contract situation that led to the trade in an interview with Brandon Marshall on I Am Athlete. After Marshall asked why Hill left Kansas City, Hill said that it was complicated. This is a lot to unpack, man, Hill said Hill said. To be honest, it was a situation where like my agent was trying to bait Ken City into giving me a contract. The idea was to never leave. Hill told his agent, Drew House, that he didn't want to be traded. Hill even told the entire Chiefs team, including Patrick Holmes and head coach Andy Reid, that he was happy to take less money if it meant that he would get to stay with the Chiefs. Those early numbers, he said, were around 24 $25 million. But Rosenhaus told Hill that he deserved more guaranteed money than the Chiefs were originally willing to offer, saying that he deserved at least $70 million. Wow. So he listened to his agent. Um Now look at him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah he's making seventy million, but
1: Look, hey. I don't feel sorry for Tyreek Hill at all. He can say whatever. But Rosenhaus is not the reason he left. He left because he got a big fucking attitude, and he thought he should be the highest-paid receiver in the league, and he puffed out his chest, and he thought he was going to hold the Chiefs for ransom. And she said, how many draft picks are you willing to give up Miami? And the reason our defense is so good right now is because of that trade. Those five draft picks that we got, um, four of them were great defensive. defensive. Um, I mean... We we've gotten I forgot let's see Karloftis, Loftus uh, who's the cornerback that's so good that we got from uh, anyhow uh, we uh, yeah yeah we got like four starters I mean uh, um, and good starters and good I mean the reason our defense is so good is because that's that trade so anyhow it done us well. Um, now, my, Miami's a good team, but they're not a great team, and I don't see them progressing into that great area yet. They don't have the same caliber as a Buffalo Bills or even a Cincinnati Bengals, and definitely not a Chiefs. So, um, you know, I mean, yeah, they they raise their profile, and they're going to be perennial uh, um, playoff-bound uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, they make Viola a really good quarterback, but they're missing some, I'm not sure if it's coaching or what it is, but they're missing something very key. They're not like the well-rounded team that the teams that are in the top are. You put them against like a Philadelphia or a Bills or a Cincinnati or the Chiefs, And they're going to falter every time. Um, They showed a graph about um, earlier on football night in America about how the Miami Dolphins are like six and zero against teams under five hundred, and teams over five hundred, they're zero and three. You see what I'm getting at there?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now they're they're a really good team that's always going to make the playoffs but they don't have that uh, well-rounded. I mean, their defense is good, but not good enough. Their offense is really good, but not good enough because when it really counts the games on the line, I don't see them making those big plays that you see like a Josh Allen, a Joey Burrow, or a uh, Patrick Mahomes, or someone like that making. They're they're missing uh, some ingredients. Now, they could get better in the offseason. They could stack up, and... You know, the thing is, is whenever they go against a really good team, they falter. And I don't expect that to change. So, but as as Tyreek Hill was talking about, like, him, like, being the victim or whatever, is that kind of what you took, like, Drew Rosenhaus just kind of took the ball and said, I'm going to do it like this. Is that kind of how you took that, Rob? Well,
0: I, I, that's at least what Tyreek's saying.
1: I, I don't recall that uh, at all, because I remember Tyreek just fucking, you know, puffing his chest out, yeah, pretty much being he, like, oh, that's... Was. Yeah, he thought that we would well, not I let think
0: him he's go. doing?
1: I think he's throwing his agent under the bus. He is. Rosenhouse don't give a shit. He just got but 30%. Trying to make excuses. Yeah, yeah. And I don't respect that at all. I wish he would have just said, you know what, I decided to leave... And I think we can make things happen here in Miami, and that's where I'm at now, and I choose not to talk about Kansas City, and, you know, but the thing is, is the way that he's acting and the way he's talking, the spoiled brat talk and all that, is very unbecoming. Because all it does is show how you realize that you stepped on your own dick. In my opinion.
0: Yeah.
1: Is that what yeah. you get? Is that how you take it, Rob? Yeah.
0: In my opinion, yes.
1: Yep. Okay. All right. Well, if two douchebags say that, you can bet on it. That's what it is. So, I've got a new neon light here, Rob. Oh, cool. In the Talk is Cheap studio. It's please, please don't do coke in the bathroom. Straight from the 80s. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to probably put this... uh, um, this uh, show tonight so I'll probably have a picture of it or something <laughs> so oh. anyhow I saw that and I was like I need that I need that minds of the good old days of going to clubs in the 80s where like uh, you had to like be real careful yep. opening the bathroom because you might smack someone in the fucking face because they're all coked out or you might want to who knows <laughs> So yeah. anyhow we'll be right back with the dear douchebags that sound good sounds awesome alright we'll be right back guys
0: The apocalypse just happened. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But we can tell you what you can eat.
1: <laughs> On most of these apocalypse series, we tell you what plants you can eat in case of an apocalypse and you have to go out to your yard for food. Well, this one is going to explain to you the plants you may be aware of to not eat. Plants that could be toxic usually might have milky white sap, thorns, spines, or fine hairs, or leaves or stems. Pods with bulbs, beans, or seeds. Stems or trunks that have an almond scent, 3 leaf foliage growth, also be aware of intensely bitter or sappy flavor, foliage reminiscent of dill, parsley, or carrot. Remember to
0: go to Cole's dressing room, wait five minutes and scream, Hey, there's no toilet paper in here.
1: <laughs> now we go to the amazing Mark, the palm reader. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mark, the amazing palm reader. First in line, please step up. Oh, let's see, young lady. I see a long lifeline. I see success, happiness, love, fortune. I also see a bit index finger. $20, please. Two Douchebags and a Microphone I'm Mark And I'm Rob Alright, well as mentioned Dear Douchebags coming right up Dear Douchebags We have an interesting problem And need a little help figuring this out We love Halloween And love to treat all the little ghosts and ghouls But we are adults And like to partake in the costume parties On All Hallows Eve we are forced to leave the candy in a large bucket with a sign that says, Please take one. The problem is, the little terror down the road, every year he comes up and takes the whole bowl. We don't know what to do. Douchebags, please help us. Thank you for any help with this. Signed, No Sweet in St. Pete. Another great name.
0: Great name, and we got some good answers.
1: Yes, we do. And let's go ahead and do the disclaimer, Rob. What's the disclaimer? If you want to live a happy life, do the opposite of what we tell you to, right? Total opposite. We are getting this out of the way right now. If you listen to us, you're probably not the sanest person. If you take our advice, it's probably going to ruin you. But people still ask us and we still answer, right? Yeah. There is a need, and we are there to fill it because we care. So, rest assured, people, we have some horrible advice for this person. Dear and No Sweet in St. Pete. Number one, hire teenagers to have on mass, and when the little asshole has completed his candy rounds, take his candy and re give it to friends and children. <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm all about that. And while you're there, smack the little fucker in the head a couple of times, too. Smack him around a little bit. Yeah. Shake him up. Yeah. Fucking take him and put him upside down in a tree and shake him. Fucking de-pants him. Whatever you got to do. But make sure that you're underage, too, if you de-pants him, okay? Don't be 18 and de-pants him, because that's a whole different deal. You don't want to be in on that yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you don't.
1: Yeah, if you're under 18, go ahead and de-pants him and then make him run around the block without any pants just to, you know, embarrass him and let him know that he can't be stealing candy. And you might even give him a couple of swats, too, right? Yeah. While he's bare-assed. Okay. So, I will. Yeah. Why not? You'll, he'll get the point. He'll get the point not to be around here stealing people's fucking candy, right? You get right. a couple of bare-ass max, and that'll cure your candy-stealing uh, days really quick. So... Number two, Carolina Reaper up the whole bowl. He might grab the treats, but he will be burning the rest of the night. His eyes, mouth, face, whatever. He touches a little fucking ding ding, that'll burn too.
0: And And that was my suggestion.
1: Yes, I think that is a great idea, Rob just uh, sprinkle the piss out of Carolina Reaper dust all over those fuckers. And you know the little fucker's going to see you leave. He's just down the road waiting. He's hiding in the brush. And then he's going to fucking run out, grab your bowl, and he's going to have a big old fucking party with it for a couple of minutes. And then he's not. Guaranteed
0: not to happen next year.
1: Yes, yes. Guaranteed he will leave you the fuck alone. So, number three... Explain to the other children on the block that they only operate by appointments. Then you will give out the candy. Which is a great idea. Say, all right, um, yeah. Jones's kid's coming over at uh, 7.23. Um, the Wilson's kid's coming over at 7.25. Um, that, that little guy down the street, uh, what's his name, uh, Patrick or whatever, he's going to be right after those two. And then, you know what, Um, do it earlier than when you go to these costume parties, have appointments for all the kids that you give a shit about, and then just lock the whole thing up and go. Either either that or take a shit in one of those Halloween bowls and just leave it there. There you go. I think that's sound advice. Just take a shit in one of the bowls and leave it there for him. Maybe he'll grab the thing not looking, and then he'll get home with a bowl of shit.
0: Actually, that might be a little safer than the
1: Carolina Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, don't don't go back on it now. That was your suggestion. I'm not, I'm all right, right. It's still okay, there. It's all right. Out there. I love the suggestion. Look, look, we already told everybody. You take our advice. Yeah. Um, you're gonna fuck your life up. Okay. So that's that's all we're required to do there, Rob. Is let him know you've listened to us, and it's probably not the smartest thing. So. Yeah, anyhow. Number four, and finally, buy candy corn and Easter peeps. You don't worry about anyone stealing that fucking god-awful candy. Just hope you don't get your house egged or teepeed. Right. Agreed? Candy I'm corn agreed. and Easter peeps are the two worst candy in the whole world. And even, they're so bad, they shouldn't be called candy. They should be called like horrible fucking pieces of fucking jism or something oh yeah yeah they're horrible and anybody that likes them is not to be trusted you need to check their hard drive because there's something really wrong with them if they if they actually like that so anyhow all right rob you got something
0: yeah i do since we're talking about halloween
1: all right Well, hang on, hang on. You want to hear my uh, Halloween joke? Sure, why not? Boo. (laughs) That's it. Didn't say it was funny. All right. Okay. All right. Next.
0: Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift were initially reported as not being at Kelsey's home on Halloween to give out candy. But one neighborhood mom is sure that the power couple is lying. Speaking to the New York Post, an unnamed mom who lives in the same neighborhood, as Kelsey said that despite there being tape around the house to ward off entry and even a security guard to tell people that no one was home, it was clear that they were, they simply didn't want to give out candy. They're not handling out handing out candy. Can you believe that, one mom said, Well, we know they're right.
1: <laughs>
0: Swifty is there. Another mom was frustrated that they wouldn't simply answer the door for trick or treaters. So they
1: still don't know if they were there or not. But they're, well, like, they're kind of nitpicking, in my in my opinion. There's a lot of people yeah. that just don't want to do it. They don't feel like, you know, they're, you know, I mean, there's still COVID going on. Um, you know, Kelsey has to play a game every weekend. You know, he's got to be in peak physical shape. Um, she has a huge tour. Maybe they don't want to be at risk of all these germs. Maybe that's all it is. Or
0: or it could be this. Travis Kelsey had said on his New Heights podcast last week that he might be doing a Halloween dinner party with friends and or family.
1: Okay. Whether I, or
0: not they wound up doing that either at home or somewhere else is unknown.
1: Well, I mean, I, I really look at this as nitpicking and anyone that did this is just like it's like give it a break. You know what? Let them be a happy couple or whatever. Let it let it pan out however it's going to, and who cares? Yeah. Jeez. way too let, much attention. Let them live their lives. Yeah, way too much attention on someone's girlfriend or, or whatever or whatever or where that what they did on Halloween or not. I, I just I just don't like that at all. Uh, I thought I, granted
0: yeah. they're into the paparazzi, but then there's too much. You know, you you got to have personal time, too.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I know people put themselves out there. I know Kelsey does a lot of commercials. I know that uh, Taylor sells a lot of albums. Got a movie out now. I mean, she's just like number one with a bullet everywhere. So, I mean, I know that to have that, you got to give up a certain amount of freedom. But there's also a side to it. It's like you know, you don't have to go that far and above. Um, uh, what would you call it? Interfering or intervening in their life, or cross-examining their life, or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. any anyhow. Uh, well, you know what, uh, Rob? I'm glad you brought that story up because that that's that shows you the mentality of a lot of America.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does.
1: Yeah. So, anyhow um you know uh Gen Xers our generation right yeah yeah we're the first generation that is kind of like Millennials and Z's have different um uh what would you call them different benefits from work what they value well Gen X is the first generation to start valuing other other benefits besides health dental vision all that stuff right
0: Right.
1: Okay. Midlife workers want menopause support, elder care assistance, health screenings and more. Increasingly they're getting it and their employers are benefiting too. Gen X are at a crossroads in their personal lives, wedged between baby boomers and millennials. This generation is in the sandwich phase of life. They're larger responsible for caring for their aging parents while providing for their school-aged children all while managing their own lives, careers, and health. Uh, If organizations are eager to hold on to the Gen X workers, roughly defined as those born... We know what this is, but I'm going to go over it again just in case someone doesn't know. Gen X is roughly defined as those born between 1965 and 1980. They need to respond to these challenges. That's why an increasing number of companies across the globe are rolling out benefits that address specific midlife health and lifestyle concerns. And in a tight labor market, employers who offer customized perks stand out by signaling a level of support that's increasingly sought after in today's workplace and benefits. When, uh, when that, when that old, um, when that old place, let me go. And, uh, I, you know, I I was like, you know what, uh, uh, that's cool. Uh, you know, I'll find something else to do. I don't want to go back into the same field. I've done that too long. Uh, didn't want to do it anymore. Um, one of the first things I looked at before money, now I get paid very well, don't get me wrong. No complaints with the pay that I get or anything. But the first thing I looked at was benefits. That was the first thing. And that would be health care, dental care, um. But also, time off, paid time off, but the other thing, um, was, um, how they, uh, how they treat, how they treat certain parts of your life. Like, let's say that I, you know, like, uh, I I have to be with my mom more. This place is very flexible on everything like that, after reading their policies, and, um, and I'm not going to go into where I work. I just That's just too personal. You know, I'd like to keep this as yeah, Mark, right. Mark the Dick Joke Guy. And that's it. So people know me. A lot of people know me at Listen to This Podcast. They know where I work. No big deal. But I was looking for alternate um, benefits that suited me. Before, when I was younger, I looked for all money. I was like, oh, well, this is a dollar more an hour, so I'm going to go to there. Now it's like, I don't care if this place is paying two bucks more an hour this place is going to let me have this much time off i i can accumulate this time off i get this much time off after this but the main thing was is they were so flexible on everything because i see a lot of stuff coming up in my life where i'm going to need that flexibility so for once in my life that took precedent over the amount of money i was bringing in but like I said, I get paid very well anyhow, so I don't care. But, and also, it wasn't like I wasn't struggling to begin with. I was doing fine. But it was the first time in my life I realized that, you know what, I've, I've completed that sector in my life where I'm going for all the money. Now I'm looking for the alternative benefits. So I understand where these people are coming from. And I am a Gen Xer because I was born in 66. That's why an increasing number of companies across the globe are rolling out benefits that address specific midlife health and lifestyle concerns. Cloud software company Salesforce recently launched an elder care benefit for employees supporting older family members, as well as cancer-related programming and early detection targeted to the 50s-plus demographic. Software company Adobe offers uh, services to help employees manage the university admissions process for their kids. That's a great one. As well as uh, access to backup elder care and in-home care consultations. Menopause support is also emerging as many global companies, both big and small. The benefits of providing these services go beyond economics, says Peter Bomberger. Bomberger, Bomberger. Bomberger. Bamberger. Jeez, you know what? Sometimes I cannot fucking write. I should be a doctor the way I write. A professor at the Kohler's uh, School of Management at Tel Aviv University and the president-elect of the Academy of Management were uh, talking about services that potentially impact one's child, children, and one's parents' organizations are not only providing financial assistance, they're building a strong emotional connection they're showing that they care, which I agree with. If you see all of these uh, said perks, don't you feel like the company gives a shit about your well-being and your family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Employers aren't offering these new benefits out of pure, um, you know, just just to do it. They're doing it because they want to prove a point. They want to uh, they want to prove that they're the company that stands out that cares about what you need and they're the company that's addressing what you need and so um, I think that's great Adobe sounds like they're doing a great job the place that I work for does a great job on that I know other ones too but I know this a lot of people that were in my shoes that had some piece of crap company let them go you know greedy all that stuff like I got into before I don't need to now Um, but anyhow um they i know other people in the same situation um and they're doing the same thing they're like you know what money's great but i really want to look for these benefits this time around and i know a guy that was let go after me uh that is actually part of that whole family over there and uh and uh he felt the same way when i saw him uh saw him at Price Chopper, he felt like uh, maybe it's time to get some better benefits so anyhow, I need to give him a call and see how he's doing, I know he wasn't real happy with those fucking jokers over there, kind of like I wasn't either, so uh, anyhow let's uh, take a slow break and uh, we'll be right back, and I got a McDonald's story, does that sound okay? Sounds good McDonald's it is, we'll be right back
0: Thoughts with Mark.
1: Hmm. Let's see. If a worm could talk, would it be argumentative? Hmm. I may never know. Somewhere in the heavens, your great Grammy Gertrude is crying because her little Bebo is listening to this film.
0: This is a voice guy from your favorite podcast, Two Douchebags and a Microphone. People often ask us how they can find us when doing a remote broadcast. One, smell. Go to the city market and start sniffing. Our aroma has been described as a mixture of flea powder for goats, Tabasco sauce, and old sock with dark fuzzy urine. Two, look for the spot absent of patrons. Three, the most telling sign is a crowd of patrons vomiting uncontrollably. Four, Just call us at 816-512-7717. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real
1: hilarity. Hey, your chair produces sound similar to a fart, but only once. Such that you cannot reproduce it and prove that it was just the chair. shit Shithouse Energy Drink! drink. That's, That's right, shit right. Shithouse energy, energy Drink! drink. Make that feel real SHUT UP FOR balls! balls. YOU You WANT TO FUCK fuck SHIT UP! YOU WANT TO FULL up ACROSS AMERICA! America. BRICK SHIT HOUSE IS FOR YOU! Please enjoy Brick Shithouse energy drink responsibly. It's not readily available anywhere. Because of liability issues. Hello,
0: this is Satan. You might know me from my pet name, Inflation. I'm here to tell you that there's no better way to relax than Listen to two douchebags and microphone by a nice warm fire at night. I sit there and I reflect on all the souls I burned that day. Enjoy.
1: Douchebags and a microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. All right. Well, got a McDonald's story. Like I said, Rob, you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. McDonald's is offering free fries with every order on Fridays for the rest of 2023. Customers will be able to get a free medium fries on a medium purchase, a minimum purchase of a dollar. Participating outlets in the United States till the end of the year. That's a pretty good deal Yeah, All good. you gotta do is spend a buck and you get free fries So let's say you buy a small drink for a buck you get fries and a drink for a dollar. I Don't care where you're at. That's pretty good Yeah, yeah, so um, Anyhow the offer be limited to one-time usage per customer on each Friday in order uh, to avail avail this offer It is pertinent to be enrolled in the McDonald's Rewards Program. There's the catch. Okay, so you can get relentlessly spammed about specials at McDonald's. Only 10 Fridays are remaining this year, so here's how you can get the free fries with your next order. That's download the app. Then go to their their rewards program. You go to their rewards program. So suddenly it sounds like a great deal to something I don't want to be a part of. Um, number one, I don't know how many Fridays I'm actually going to make it there to get the fries. Uh, number two, got to put up with relentless spamming because that's what they do. They get they get this, uh, you got to have an email, a working email to get the app. You get the working email in there and then all of a sudden they're sending you shit constantly. My opinion, my opinion, but you want free fries, yep. you can do that. Go start an email account. And then just shut the son bitch off afterwards. Who cares? Get your free fries and give them the fucking finger. Take a picture of your nutsack. Send it to them. Who cares? Right? Yep. All right. Or you can at least smack in the balls on them. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Smacking the balls works great. Matter of fact, we have 30 each to give away. So people step up. You want to smack in the balls, let us know. We have plenty of oh. them. We have plenty of smack in the balls for anybody that's interested in getting a smack in the balls. Because we care. No, no, no. Oh, yes, Don't mention you. it. Don't mention it. Don't mention it. It's our love for you.
0: That's You're all it welcome, is. Welcome, everybody.
1: Yes. Yes. Rob, can we give a virtual hug to everybody out there in podcast land? I I'm feel there. I, me too. Okay. Okay, everybody, come on. Come on. A little close. Oh no no so no! Tired. Come on, right. come on! Look, okay. we don't smell bad. Yeah. We both use Old Spice, even on our nut sack. So come on, a little yeah. closer, a little closer, man. Rob, a closer. Rob, what are you using on your hair? That smells great. Pantene. Oh, okay, cool, man, dude. Your hair's soft too. Well, anyhow, here we go. Mm. Come on, come on. <laughs> mm. A little bit tired. Come Come on. on, You can do better. Come on. Mm. Hey, hey. Was that you or somebody else? I wasn't me. Okay. Well, whoever did that, thanks. That was kind of cool. All right. (laughs) CNN. The off duty Alaskan Airlines pilot accused of attempting to dis... this. uh, I just went ahead and just went in a completely different way. I'm sorry. Good. (laughs) So, anyhow. accused of attempting to disable a plane's engine mid-flight, told investigators he believed he was dreaming he had taken magic mushrooms 48 hours before the incident, according to state court records obtained by CNN. Joseph D. Emerson, 44, attempted to cut fuel to the plane's engines while the flight was en route from Washington State to San Francisco on Sunday, authorities say. The quick actions of the aircraft's captain and first officer kept the engines from failing completely, the airline said. Emerson told investigators he had consumed magic mushrooms approximately 48 hours prior to the incident on the plane. An affidavit filed by prosecutors states he also said he had been awake for the last 40 hours according to a separate federal court document. Emerson told police he thought he was dreaming and be, and believed uh, pulling the handles uh, of a fire extinguishing system, which cuts fuels to the aircraft's engines, would would cause him to wake up, state court documents. Emerson uh, was riding in the cockpit in a jump seat, as it, as is permitted for off-duty pilots, and a confrontation began when he reached for the fire controls, according to the documents. As Emerson reached for the controls, one of the pilots grabbed Emerson's wrist, and the other pilot reported that they wrestled with Emerson for a few seconds before Emerson stopped and said he was okay. The documents stated, adding, Emerson was not able to pull the handles all the way down before uh, before the pilots intervened. Emerson had experienced depression of the recent death of a friend, the documents say. He said he was having a nervous breakdown and told the flight crew he needed to be subdued according to a separate federal criminal complaint. It's highly unlikely that the hallucinogenic, sometimes called magic mushrooms, would still be in the pilot system 48 hours after use, but it's possible he could have been feeling the lingering effects of the drug, said Matt Johnson, a Johns Hopkins professor who studied psychedelics and other drugs. Johnson linked the... Uh, the liking the mushrooms to drinking alcohol. It should have weared off way before then. But who knows? This guy has some mental illness Off obviously. He did not pull it all the way down. It's my understanding if he pulled that all the way down it's a 50-50 shot on whether they got that plane uh, stabilized or not and they very easily could have uh, crashed and burned. Yeah. Yeah. So... That was- yeah, thank God that they caught the guy before he was able to slam that all the way down. Because uh, from what I understand, from what I read, once they slam out of that fire equipment down, all bets are off. That it's like 50-50 whether you can stabilize the plane once it starts spiraling like that. So, right. Anyhow. Rob, you got any stories you want to get to? Yeah, I do. I Alrighty. do. Um, okay, Rob, the floor is yours.
0: unfortunately I do not have an American songwriter list for you tonight
1: alright so it's taking a little hiatus it'll be back just like but, the hairy ass Olympics will be back too
0: but I do have a movieweb.com the 10 best parody movies from the 1980s oh of course, in their opinion
1: <laughs> Rob bravo go ahead wow okay
0: and and honestly I'm glad I started going over this because I found a side note okay that I think you're even going to be interested in okay okay number 10 this is spinal tap yes here is the side note I just read Finally, some good news for Spinal Tap. The band is getting back together. The sequel to This is Spinal Tap, starring the original cast, will debut on March 19, 2024, in conjunction with the film's 40th anniversary.
1: Cool. Yeah, so they're coming out with a part two. That's going to be awesome. I'll be there.
0: Yeah, like I said, I'm glad I was browsing through it real quick just now. Cool. Okay, number nine, Spaceball.
1: Another great one. Can't argue with that.
0: 1987. Awesome. Number eight, Airplane. 1980.
1: Man, that was great. Leslie Nilsson was a fucking genius, wasn't he?
0: Yep. Yes, he was. Number seven, Airplane 2, the sequel. 1982. Two years later. Okay. See, back then, they could come out with sequels in two years. Oh, wow. What's up with some of these other movies, man? Okay. Then number six, the meaning of life. Nineteen eighty-three. Okay. Number five, UHF.
1: Another 1989. good one. Nineteen eighty-nine. Man, this list is really good so far.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Number four, Team Wolf. Nineteen eighty-five.
1: Another good one.
0: Number three, Three Amigos.
1: Oh! Uh, Steve Martin, uh, Chevy Chase, uh, who's the other one?
0: Uh, Martin Short.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very cool.
0: And this one I actually had forgotten about. Okay. Johnny Dangerously. Oh, wow.
1: 1984. Three Johnny Dangerously was the shirts. I remember that. Yeah. That was a great one. Man, that was Yeah. Who was John Johnny Dangerously? Forgot. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, thank you.
0: Wow. Yeah. Cool. And finally, number one. Yep. Of course. Throw Mama from the train. <laughs> Nineteen eighty
1: seven. Yeah, wasn't that a Steve Martin um John Candy. John Candy. uh, Gosh, yeah, that was another... That was a classic. There
0: was a lot of different... Yeah, because they traveled city to city, so there was a lot of different actors show up. There was.
1: was that, That was... Yeah, that was a great one. Man, cool. Yes, it was. That list, I couldn't argue with anything on there, actually. No, I couldn't. I couldn't either. Cool. Um... I got a new segment here that I want to go into. All right. It's called Oddities, and I got this off the Internet because it's like odd little facts that just happened. Okay, one. NASA spacecraft discovers tiny moon around asteroid during a close flyby of this asteroid. It came near the Earth. It wasn't big enough to knock us off our axis or anything like that, but what it was... Yeah. Well, they noticed a tiny moon around it. I mean, this is a good size one, but it was creating enough gravity itself for a moon to orbit it. Isn't that neat? Yeah, it is. That is neat. Yeah, and I hope people are like, uh, I mean, I'm not like the biggest science buff, but it does fascinate me and stuff like that. Um, I find very interesting, so I hope other people do too. I just thought that was very interesting. Um, Another little oddity fact is security prevents the Texas Rangers from celebrating a Chase Field pool after winning the World Series. They have a pool there at Chase Field, right? And the uh, players were going to go jump in it and drink champagne and stuff, and security would not let them. They said it's too big of a uh, um, health hazard. And I'm like, what the fuck? They just won the World Series. Let them. Let them jump in the fucking pool. Who cares? Yeah. yeah i thought that was kind of shitty and i know you know they're going oh, i got a job to do but me yeah they're grown adults they can jump in this fucking pool it's not like the pool was like 20 feet deep and huge it's a small pool that like people that paid to be in that area at chase field you know it's like a um, a luxury lounge area and it has a pool there it's really cool and people can sit in the pool and watch a game, or be outside of it, or whatever. So, you know, some people just you know they get in their um, they they get in their fucking uh, shorts and jump in it. You know, so I I don't understand what the big deal is. And then lastly, a lunch host is accused of killing her ex husband's parents, an aunt, with poisonous mushrooms that she put in the food. That's diabolical as hell, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, poison mushrooms. It's not a good death either, in case you're wondering. Horrible death, very painful. Anyhow, this person did that. It put it in these people's lunches. The uh, the she put them in her um, her ex husband's uh, parents' food and his aunt, and killed every one of them. Not a good deal. So I've got another story here. If you, have you ever wondered what happened to the Sobe drink, remember Sobe, S-O-B-E.
0: Okay, I can get, I can get them down here.
1: Oh, you can. Yeah, forget, there's, there's forget a gas it,
0: station right up the street from me that has them.
1: We can't find them for nothing up here. They just disappeared. They're,
0: they're getting hard to find.
1: Okay, well, the question is, where has Sobe drinks gone? If you're like dozens of Twitter users who have been uh, flooding the platform seeking answers for this looming question, rest assured, as we have some answers for you. Sobe drinks, once a popular beverage brand that carried multiple fruitful flavors, seems to have completely disappeared from the market. So, if you've been on the hunt for a Sobe drink... You may still be able to find one if you're lucky. The brand, which was founded in 1995 and is owned by PepsiCo, still has a functional website that features its current line of beverages, Sobe Elixir. Though they can't be uh, purchased directly from the site, but if you're adamant about finding Sobe drinks, there still may be a way. Keep uh, keep reading to where you can find where you can find Sobe drinks. So anyhow, um, it has all these different places, but the thing is, is um, it looks like they have not said it. But okay, the officials with PepsiCo, which was owned by So, it looks like they're going to take it away completely, but they haven't, they haven't actually committed to that yet. Officials with PepsiCo, which has owned the Sobe brand since 2000, suggested to drink fans to check out the product locator on its website. Although the brand hasn't been discontinued altogether, local availability can vary. We're working diligently to keep products readily available for our customers. Please consider using home delivery or grocery pickup options through your local stores if available. Many of our products are also available in e-commerce if you prefer to order online. The Sobe website states all of this, but um, it's interesting how PepsiCo won't just say, "Hey, we're taking it away." Instead, they have this stri- this locator, but there's not that many places on it. You know, it's like they're they're taking it away and then giving you a few places where you can get it. So it kind of it kind of uh, sounds to me like it's going bye bye, but they're just not committing to it yet, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, um, trying to think of what else. Um, um there's a blind dog rescued rescued up in New York from the frigid pond. Which is very cool. If you get a chance, look it up on the internet. it's very cool.
0: Okay. People went out
1: there and they got the blind dog out of there, and the dog is fine, which is excellent because I think animals are awesome and most people are dicks. so not most people. There's a lot of dicks out there, but I don't think anyone that listened to us is a dick. Do you? No, never, never. Uh, All right. So, um, an opossum, which is a possum, only if it's North American, they're called opossums technically, but they're possums. Uh, we, We call them possums, but they're an opossum, and then South America, I think it is, or Australia, has a possum. So, what it is over here is we got it mixed up, and we call the opossums possums. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think you already knew that. I think we talked about that before, actually. Okay, and Opossum
0: runs out that may, on. T- that may be where I know. Yeah, that might be
1: it. Yeah, I think we did talk about it. So, anyhow, Opossum runs out onto the field during the Texas Tech football game. It's pretty cool because uh, they had a hell of a time getting it out of there. But anyhow, he took them a little jog around the uh, around the field, and it was funny. So, um, a Florida home has been uh, targeted by bears 10 times. And they can't figure out what is attracting the bears to the home. Mm. In Connecticut, a lineman helps rescue kittens from a high-voltage area, which is very fucking cool because a a lineman has one of the most dangerous jobs ever. The life expectancy of a lineman is like 10 years younger than any other person. And the reason is because a lot of them get electrocuted. They actually have to I, be. Oh, go ahead. My go ahead.
0: dad worked My dad worked for Kansas City Town Light. He wasn't a lineman, but I knew a lot of them. And I have a friend of mine that is an lineman.
1: Okay, then you so. know okay yeah Yeah, they actually have to become a part of this electrical system and they have to do it in such a way if they do anything wrong they're fried it's a high paying job a high stress job people doing this always have to worry about actually just being fried to death doing their job so um anyhow this lineman got up there and he saved them. so you know what that's awesome good for you it did not mention the name of the guy or anything like that, but thank you, whoever right. did that. All right, um, an Uber driver buys a hundred ten thousand dollar lottery ticket while filling up his tank. He's still gonna Uber though. He said the hundred ten would probably be a good down payment on a house, so good for him. A Georgia man has a hundred eighty-six pound sweet potato. It might be a record. They're not for sure yet. They're checking in on it. So let's hope he gets a record. A recorded, a reported kangaroo on the loose in Baltimore was actually a red fox. <laughs> 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 I love that one. There, 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 there's, a, there's a damn kangaroo out there. What? Oh, fucking kangaroo! What the hell is a kangaroo doing over there? Oh, wait. Oh, forget it. Red fox. I'm sorry. <laughs> what a bunch of derps. Well <laughs> look, look, look at a fucking kangaroo. Boy, it looks just like a red fox. <laughs> um, a Florida man was uh, issued a citation when ser- sheriff's deputies determined his truck labeled booty patrol too closely resembled a border <laughs> patrol vehicle. His okay. truck is green and uh, white, and it says booty patrol on the uh, back quarter panels and the uh, tailgate. And it does resemble a border patrol um, <laughs> truck, <laughs> only his is booty Patrol, and he's getting Isn't fined he? for it. I say, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, leave the speech. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I see too. Um,
0: yeah, leave the speech.
1: Yeah. Yep. Leave the guy alone, man. He's he's got his booty patrol going on. Leave him the fuck alone, man. He's got booties to catch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, man, leave the guy alone. Um, A neighborhood bear in Florida ate all the kids' candy. (laughs) They had a display out there. They were like going to a party or something or had other engagements. And they left the candy out there in a big bowl. And a bear just went over there and grabbed every bit of it and ate. And guess what? Nobody tried to stop him. Wow. I wonder if he ate the wrappers too.
0: Why
1: not? Who does he care? He's a bear. He'll just shit him out, right? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, good for that bear. And finally, but not least, an Ontario man's eight-foot zucchini might be the longest in the world. And they are checking on that right now, on whether that guy gets a world record or not. And, Rob, we turn to you. you have any final thoughts or any story you want to get to? I got a final thought. All right, let's hear it, Rob.
0: The Raiders are now paying John Gruden and Josh McDaniels $80 million to not coach their team.
1: Bravo. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: I love that. Yeah, That's, that's unreal.
1: Well, how long until Tom Brady has like a minor ownership in that? How long until Tom Brady starts getting his fingers dirty in there?
0: I'm almost expecting him to.
1: Well, I mean, it kind of surprised me. You know, they went and got Jimmy Garoppolo. That's Tom Brady's boy. You know, they both played up in New England and, yeah, uh, uh, you know, and then they, they uh, benched him, which he needed benched. He was playing horribly. But it um, kind of surprised me that they benched him that quick. So I don't know. I mean, it doesn't look to me like uh, Brady's getting his hands that dirty right now, but I'll bet you it's coming. Yeah, you know, he's probably doing some stuff right now. He probably always wanted to do because he couldn't because he's playing football. But I'll bet you when all that's over with, the smoke clears, and he starts uh, going into broadcasting next year, that he might start getting hands on with that Raiders team.
0: Yeah, that—that's what I was thinking.
1: God knows. Let's,
0: let's see. Let's wait and see what happens next year.
1: Yeah, God knows they're not doing it themselves. They're not figuring it out themselves. So they're going to need some of his guidance. I'm pretty sure. So
0: that's a lot of money to pay coaches that. <laughs> like are like I angry. like
1: I said, that's fine with me. It's not like I like the Raiders. I think that's awesome.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: Yeah, well, but
0: that shows, you our, that shows you what kind of competition we have.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah, and another thing is, is you know, Tom Brady. I mean, I don't think if he can, I don't think he can sit back and accept a loser. I mean, that's just not him. No, no. Yeah, I think here soon. I know he's only got a minor stake in it, but I'm pretty sure he's going to start throwing some stuff around. Going, hey guys, you're going to start getting me involved, and you're going to start doing what I say a little bit more, or you're going to listen to me, or we're going to get this guy. We're going, you know, so. Anyhow, it's going to be getting interesting, I'm saying. So, anyhow, thank you, everybody, for listening tonight. Um, We appreciate you guys like we always do. We thank you for listening. Um, uh, Anyhow, I'm talking to a couple of places at the city market that want me to start pimping some of their stuff. And I'm going to. And also, well, you'll meet them when you come up um, to visit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so...
0: Uh, it's going to be last week of December, first week of January. I'm going to be on vacation for a couple weeks, so we're going to come up and we're going to knock out some episodes.
1: Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, we shall uh, figure all that out at a later time. Yeah. And, yeah. um, let me see here. Yeah. I was just... let, me,
0: let me get the exact dates together and...
1: Okay, I'm trying to see if there's any places that are particularly popping right now that's going off the chain um, that need to be mentioned. Um, Harrisonville, Missouri. is still just insane the amount of people that are listening to us there. Columbus, Ohio. We have a large amount of listeners there. Um, let's see those are like the big up and comer st louis actually is growing quite a bit too um yeah. and then a lot of areas around st louis that aren't called st louis
0: right yeah a lot of the suburbs yeah a lot of the
1: suburbs so thank you st louis thank you Hurstville. actually thank you everybody denver still nice and solid uh, um ashburn council bluffs <laughs> council bluffs we've got like a lot of people listening there thank you guys
0: i I see i see that one's jumping up there
1: too yeah yeah and of course kansas city we're all over kansas city we got high on the kansas city kansas and missouri side Uh, belgium is a big one yeah (laughs) that's awesome look ozarks jumped up but we know why um uh san francisco's jumped up quite a bit there's been a lot of places um that have jumped up here recently thank you guys we appreciate you we see you we hear you um send us an email if you're from one of these places and tell us what you like about the show or specifically how you listen to the show do you listen to us with uh um You know, like on a speaker and a bunch of people, you listen to us while driving. You got your headset on while at work. What do you do? We're interested in this. We want to know how you get our content. We we would like to know how you receive our show and who all is involved with that. Do other people? Is it a shop? You know, all that. So this will help us. Our analytics on that will help us get better so that's why we asked this of you I've got a bunch of emails to get to that I plan on getting to on the next podcast so anyhow thank you everybody for listening have a fantastic night
0: thank you everybody good night (laughs)
1: hey where'd everybody go? Where are the douchebags! bags hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, I'm glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Whew, man that smells.